after a little breath? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. Hmm. Okay, so just taking one really long intentional breath. Arriving into our bodies. Feeling every sensation. Feeling where there might be tightness and letting it loosen, letting it soften. Feeling a grounding cord connecting from our hips down to the center of the planet. And even maybe we can picture it wrapping around our favorite crystal, anchoring us. Feeling a golden ring of light around both of us, holding us in this space that as we bring so much intention to it is a healing space. Envisioning our crowns on, our crowns connected to each other's, calling in all of our guides, all of our ancestors that have brought us here, that are rooting for us, that are so, so thankful that we're doing this work, feeling their love, feeling their support, and allowing them to hold us during this conversation, and that all that hear it will be affected in some way that is positive. And then one last really long intentional breath, just arriving to the recording, to the call. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Thank you. And everyone, (laughs) welcome to the show. I think I'm going to keep that in. Welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. We have Jade Bryce in Mm. today, a total goddess. Mm. Thank you for blessing this episode with that. I feel a little like... The room changed, right? I know. I feel a little <laughs> like um, there's just an aura, yeah. you know? So thank you so much. And everyone, we are here to uplevel our lives. And I hope that just gave you some balance that I know I needed today. I've been running around a little bit. We did two starts that were false starts, and I was just up in my head a bit. But that just grounded me. And hopefully you too, because I know yeah. you've been running around today. Yeah. So. Thank you so much. And I want to give you a proper introduction first. Welcome, everyone. We are here to keep up-leveling our lives and get a little bit better every single day. And we have epic guests, Mm -hmm. just like Jade Bryce today. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You are a love, sex, and relationship coach. Uh, I understand that you just completed the VEDA training from Layla Martin, which is super intensive. So congratulations on that. It's no small feat. Mm -hmm. I know other people that have done it, and I... I, I love Layla Martin. She's yeah. incredible. So, yeah. Her so. episode on my show comes out Monday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was... <gasps> Wonderful. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, let's so. see. We're putting this out a little later in the month. So, oh, it's okay. already yeah. out, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh. Well, I'll just have to listen to that, yeah. too. Did you learn a lot even in that episode with her? Yes, because I was asking my own personal questions to my life. Oh, you know, so it was nice. almost almost like you get to see what it was like for... Um, like a coach and a client in a way. Um, and then just like things that have come up, you know, we did so much sex magic in the program. And so I had like my own personal questions from what I've seen online of mm-hmm. people saying like, why sex magic isn't okay, you know, things like that. And I was like, it's not what our sex magic feels like, but let's talk about it. Cause I'm okay. I don't want to be in an echo chamber. Like right. let's talk about the other perspectives, you know? I think people just get put off by the term sex magic and they yeah. think inherently that, you know, from their upbringing and stuff that just that term has some sort of negative it's manipulation. Con- yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it can be manipulation and it can be, you know, summoning in something mm-hmm. as if there is something evil. Yeah. Right. There's nothing. Oh, there's not. Yeah. So yeah, I'll let her, because the episode, she talks about that, like how the biggest demons are within, you know? Yeah. And so there's that. But also, like, for me, sex magic for me doesn't feel like manipulation. It, like, like you, I think you can feel, you know, like, when you are trying to seduce someone, you can feel that manipulation. When you're trying to, like, get someone to go in a certain direction, you can feel that manipulation in your body. At least I can. When I do sex magic, it doesn't feel like that. It feels so expansive. I feel the presence of God, and I feel like what we felt just now. I felt like my ancestors in the room. And for me, my uh, you know my story from the last episode. Yes. Like I come from so much poverty consciousness, from so much abuse, and so for me, it's a retraining of my nervous system to know that I I can feel pleasure. And that it's safe to feel pleasure. And my nervous system deserves to bathe in pleasure. And so it's a rewiring of all of that. And it's like, when I do sex magic, it's not like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want $17,000 months. It's not that at all. 
It's what would it feel like to have $17,000 a month? Or what would it feel like to have sacred union? We'll use that. Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to have sacred union? And I bring that into all five senses so that it's like an actual, like I'm experiencing it and letting my nervous system know that it's safe to hold that because it's never, it's never known that it was safe. And then I bring in the pleasure. And so to me, yeah, I think that maybe, I don't know that everyone knows that that's what happens in sex yeah. magic, you yeah. know? So, but it yeah. is, it's about an activation of bliss yeah, and then allowing yourself to sit in that space yeah. and be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. it can be an uncomfortable space too, even though it's blissful and feels good. It's, it's one of those things like, am I going to feel good for too long? This is uncomfortable because mm. like, I shouldn't feel that good for too long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You come up a lot of, you come up against a lot of worthiness and self-talk that is also really powerful. And that's why I, I, um, have taught a couple clients that like the advanced version is actually to be looking yourself in the eyes in the mirror during it. Like a lot of us don't actually look in the mirror other than when we're getting ready or like about to walk out a door, but to actually like stare at yourself in the mirror while you do some ritualistic practices is really powerful. It's vulnerable. It's intense. And you're looking at yourself. (laughs) I know. And you're just like, uh, you know, and, and I don't know why it always strikes me as so vulnerable, but for some reason it really is. And if people haven't tried it, go try it. Yeah. See what happens. (laughs) It's almost like I feel more vulnerable in that space than I do with a partner. And I, why is that? I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't truly hide from yourself like you can from a partner. Ooh, that's a great point. Yeah. Mm -mm. You really can't. Um, yeah, you know, so it's been a year, a little over a year has since okay. we last had a conversation on this show. Yeah, it has. Wow. I know. What a trip. You're looking absolutely gorgeous Thank and you, glowing. You Thank you. And so tell me what's been going on in your life just in the last year. I know with this training mm-hmm. and now you're developing your program that's coming up with a retreat. Mm-hmm. And that's very exciting because I know it's about healing and helping people become more untamed and unashamed, which I love. And so, you know, what do you feel like growth wise has been the biggest thing for you in the last year? You know, every, around every December, which is my birthday month. That's right. When's your birthday? The 14th of December. Okay. Okay. This is going to come out just a little after, I think. Mm -hmm. So around every birthday month, I get this little this little hunch of what the next year holds for me, uh, healing wise. And in 2020, it was sexual healing for sure. Like mm-hmm. there was like, it was just so obvious that that's so what it So it came like be. December of 2019 for 2020? Uh, end of 2020. So for okay. 2021. So for 2020. So 2021 was a huge journey into my sexuality. And when I say that like the year that like a hunch of what I'm healing that year. I don't mean like I'm going to read a book on it. Like I am fucking like face down on my knees, <laughs> like begging for mercy. Like mm-hmm. I get ripped open mm-hmm. and I, and like quantum leaps happen because I am like all the way fucking in. It is like my, I'm in it every day. And it's not that I want to be, I think it's like this is what my soul has chosen. And even like I had a Vedic astrology reading not too long ago and he was like, we look, he looked at my chart and he was like, and I was like, just tell me. <laughs> like, what is it? Am I dying soon? Like, what? <laughs> and he was like, well, most people have one big soul life lesson that they volunteered for. Some have two, but almost everyone I meet with has one. He was like, you volunteered for four. Wow. And I was like, yeah, that fucking sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyhow, I say that because it's like, I don't even feel that this is like, not to say it's not by choice, but like, this just feels like what I signed up for. So 2021 was sexual healing. The end of 2021, going into 2022, which is this year, I got religious wound healing, which was way more intense I was about to say than sexual intense. healing surprisingly like I didn't think I could get more intense than the sexual healing because there was just so much trauma there but the religious uh, wound healing I mean it was really fucking deep because it was my innate goodness like the teaching of original sin you know that I am not good enough and that I am sinful and um, that my pleasure 
can't be trusted. And, you know, just there's just so many narratives. Letting go of all the shit that's made up. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Yeah. And the yeah. black and white, the box thinking, keeping God in a box instead mm-hmm. of knowing that like ta- the tantric version of God is everything. I know. And everything means everything. everything. That's the one. That's the part of it that there's I just There's nowhere go. God isn't. Like, like Paul Selig's work has been so uh, important for me this year. Cool. In my, in my religious wound healing. But yeah. Cool. He teaches basically all his holy years. I think maybe is. you turn me on to him. Oh yeah. No. If you listen to his, his podcast episode, I've had him on four times because I just cool. cannot get enough Paul. Nice. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> so this year, so I, when I last recorded with you, I was, I was towards the end, I'm guessing of my sexual healing mm-hmm. journey. I mean, it, it comes in layers. I still, every now and then I'm like, oh, there's, there's this here. I didn't know that was there. <laughs> Fuck. There's more. But um, <laughs> so we're gonna end. Wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. But this year, the religious wound healing, holy hell, like I, you know, I was adopted. I don't think I got into this on the last recording with you, but I was living. I, I know I mentioned that I was living on the streets starting around age 12 off and on. Uh, enrolled in the Youth Homeless Association at 15. Got adopted by a youth pastor at 16. And while I am so thankful, because he definitely saved my life. I mean, I was living on, I was sleeping on benches outside restaurants. I was living, I remember staying in an apartment one night where uh, the only thing they had there was drugs, no furniture. I was only six, I think I was only 15. Someone broke in and like beat up somebody and just didn't know I was in the back room. Like I was in so many dangerous situations. And so this person taking me in off the streets surely saved my life. And I am so thankful but also there was, there was a lot of wounding there um, because it was such a dogmatic uh, structure, uh, religious structure. And so he, uh, that, you know, through that religious system, they basically said, like, this is the man God has for you when I was 17. This is the man God has for you. Um, and, you know, these people took me off the street. They gave me my very first only room. Like, I in my mind, they want what's best for me. And, like... Mm-hmm. I'm being taught that they're my authority. God placed them over me. So like their voice is as good as God's, you know, and I can access God on my own. Like it's, you know, that's heavily dictated. So when they say that this is the man God has for you, I could have said no. I, I would have been cast out, but I could have said no. But also like that guy, he was hot. Like he was moralized, like he was never going to hit me or like call me names. So truly for me, I was like, I've struck gold, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, awesome. I'm honored. And so, um, that's at 17. The the thing is, is it was such a dogmatic structure that, um, I could only see this man once a week in public settings. We could only hold, we could hold hands in a month and we could basically kiss at our wedding altar. And so by the time we got married, we'd never even been alone ever. And I remember on my honeymoon seeing an Asian... You basically had an arranged marriage. Basically. I don't call it that because I called it that on Fox Sports and the church came after me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, fine. It wasn't arranged. But but this is what it is. I'll Mm. let you title it. (laughs) So so I remember being on our honeymoon. What was the church? It was called Cornerstone in San Antonio, John Hagee's church. Um, But the religious structure was called Government of Twelve. And it was out of Bogota. Okay. Yeah, so you have 12 disciples, you're mm-hmm. their authority, they have 12 disciples, you're basically their Jesus, like okay. it's kind of ridiculous. Wow. And that's how you save the world, is going and getting 12 disciples, each of us. So um, wow. not, not at all what the Great Commission was meant to be. We, the thing that, um, you know, where religious become, religion becomes harmful is when we're making the metaphor literal, and we do it all the time, like all of us turn the metaphors into a literal way of thinking, but um, so... You know, I remember being on our honeymoon and seeing a little Asian girl with this white couple and being like, I, I, you know, I was still in the mindset of thinking like I've been rescued because I was adopted and, and I just, I've always wanted to adopt. And so I remember saying like, oh, I can't wait till we adopt. And he was like, we're not adopting. And it hit me on, on the third day of our honeymoon, it hit me like, fuck, this guy doesn't even know what I want outside of what to teach in Bible study, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just, it, it scared the shit out of me. Also, because we couldn't even kiss mm-hmm. until, you know, a year and a half in, um, we had purged ourselves of all sexual desire and being married two and a half years, we maybe had sex a dozen times, maybe. And even then I know both of us felt like, is this it? Mm-hmm. Is this, 
what we waited and saved ourselves for, you know? So, so there's so many layers in the religious wounding of, um, pain that came up, but. And tied into sexuality too, which was, you know, those other things. Oh, so heavy. Yeah. And that's where I really, um, began to bring Jesus into my practices. And Mm -hmm. I started to, um, play some of my, like I used to worship and, and weep, um, feeling Jesus's presence, which I still have such a, such a deep connection to Yeshua. Um, as a teenager, I would feel that. And so now to bring that into my pleasure practice, which some would feel is so blasphemous, but for me, it's like, this is what, this is what I was always meant to be doing. Like, this is what I've always done, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I'm closer to him now more than ever. And so, uh, so yeah, this year has been my religious wound healing. And it's so interesting because I started a partnership about three years ago with a great guy, amazing guy, first guy that I ever, um, felt safe with first guy that in three years, never called me a name, never slammed a door, provided a home for Like I've never had a guy provide a home. Mm-hmm. Um, never had a guy take care of me when I'm sick. Like it was just, it was the first healthy relationship. And so interesting. I hear in December that I'm going to be working on my religious wound healing. And in January, he becomes religious. Just out and, of the blue? Well, he had been dealing with sickness. And so mm-hmm. um, he had been dealing with some diseases. And that was what helped him for his foundation. Okay. It's not wrong. No, but, sure. but it's just so, f- it's the cosmic fucking giggle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of like, well, December, but, you're going to heal yeah. your religious wounding. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's going to look like. Bam, January, your partner's not okay with crystals. <laughs> like, it's so fucking weird. And it so makes sense, right? And so my big work was... Like, really not okay with crystals? He's he's grown since then, but... Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and like, I, I'm laughing at that, but like, I mean, his crosses were triggering me, you know? Yeah. Like, we were doing the same thing to each other. And because... It was a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, you know, this year, my big work was taking that as an initiation, as a priestess initiation of like holding a portal without a should, making it to where if me and dogmatic Christianity, not Christianity, but dogmatic fundamentalist Christianity were alone on an island that I could somehow make peace with it. And I was like, I am not leaving this relationship until I do this fucking work because there's rich opportunity here. The thing is, is when you're the only one. It's impressive. The thing is, yeah, it's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd be that big of a person, but maybe. You know, like, you know, there were, there was of course some trauma bonding there where Mm -hmm. it was like, I had provision wounds that I didn't know I had and he was providing. And so there was that too, but like, it came to this point where I was like, okay, I've done the work. And he did his work in other ways. But when it came to this part, mm-hmm. this um, dynamic, I was the only one doing the work. And, and so it became, it came to this point of like, you can't use the work as an excuse to overstay in relationships because there's always going to be something to work on. And when you're on the self-development path or the self-growth path, you'll always find a reason to do your work so that you can stay in a situation or a really a friendship, a job, whatever it is, because there's like, Oh, well, there's opportunities for growth here. And so I had to learn. Um, I had to learn what, like when to really feel that that time had come like, okay, I've done my work. It's not being matched. And also when, when it is, becoming self-abandoning. Yeah. Well, I think paying attention to it, not being matched. I think that's like a big key in there. Cause, um, I know I've had to look at that in my own relationship and be like, you know, am I staying Am I, you know, really like tap into my intuition and get in touch with where I need to be. And I know it's opportunities for growth. Yeah. You can always find (laughs) Yeah, Big opportunities for growth. But, but then I, I really just had to lean back a bit and, and say, okay, well then how is this person showing up too? Because if, Cause I want a partner that's going to do that. Yeah. And so every time he has every single that, time and uh, I'm like, okay. And like he did something just yesterday safety. that showed me the type of person I want to be. And I'm like, mm. Oh, there. And I, I even told him this morning, I was like, I'm so impressed with the way you handled that situation. Like yeah. you didn't 
r- get rattled, you know, you like handled it like, mm. like a real, mm-hmm. like elevated style. It's <laughs> like, that's like, to me, that's true safety and relationship. When you know that your partner's always going to do the fucking work. Yeah. Like they're always going to do the work. And when I, I think, I think that's a there's big a reason. couple I know that, yeah. that says no outs. And I was like, how can you say no, no. outs? Mm-mm. What would happen? And they're like, I know that he, she is always going to show up for the work because they know that what's like, what I'm needing is ultimately what they're needing too. And they trust that in each other. Wow. And so like, I was like, wow, that is the most ultimate, like the, the deepest amount of safety you can experience is wow. like knowing that your partner is always going to show up and do the work. And when, when that's not happening anymore, like that's, that's a big mm-hmm. answer, but also a lot. And this has happened in friendships too. Like we can say, well, I don't want to leave and just avoid uncomfortable feelings. But it, it comes to this point where I was like, mm, I'm actually not leaving. Like me not leaving is, is me avoiding the uncomfortable feelings because leaving is fucking scary. Being a single oh, mom again is fucking scary. I've, I've left two marriages. Yeah. I completely get that. It's yeah. really, really scary. Really scary. Yeah. I don't, I think there's a lot of ways staying would have been much easier. Oh my God, for sure. This would have been mm-hmm. so much easier to just stay <laughs> and just been like, okay, I won't have an altar. But then is that true acceptance? Am I, am I self-abandoning? Is it, is it less scary? Really? Like, because our ego likes to tell us that that actually gives us some control. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't. That's an illusion, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. And yeah. I, and just all those points really resonate with me because in my first marriage, one of the reasons I left is because of some religious issues. And once we had a child, they really showed up because he was like, I don't, he actually said to me, if he's listening, don't, he's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) He's not listening. But he said to me, I don't want you to teach her what you believe. And I was like, see, and and him and I had that. And I was like, don't you love me? for me. And I thought if he, and I even converted to Catholicism, you know, I did some things to really try mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't being met, you yeah. know? And I was like, the Catholicism didn't stick. I just yeah. couldn't, you know, but mm-hmm. I tried, but, um, but yeah, I, I felt like I was abandoning myself. And once I knew that like, I wasn't going to be allowed or it was going to be a problem if I taught my daughter, yeah. What I believe, I was like, mm, that's a hard no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was huge for us. Are you ready to up-level your pleasure practice? I have in mind, and one of the tools that I've used is from Wands. That's W-A-A-N-D-S. One of my favorite items that they have is the cervix wand. It is their number one best-selling glass pleasure wand for vaginal and anal de-armoring. That means more sensation. That means more getting in touch with your body. It's designed for cervical and G-spot stimulation, and it has helped thousands of women become more connected to themselves and their own pleasure while supporting them to heal pelvic pain through self-yoni massage. So if you are curious about getting more in touch with yourself, then I have an offer for you. You can get a discount using my code, Amy Edwards, but if you use the link in the show notes, you can get 20% off from Wands. They have so many other beautiful items to choose from with a large selection of 100% pure crystal pleasure wands. They create the most gorgeous, luxurious products that encourage you to honor your body, celebrate your sexuality, and live in pleasure which is a big part of what we're about on this show. And yes, I use one myself. So go today to wands.com, that's W-A-A-N-D-S, and use the code Amy Edwards for 10% off, or use my link in the show notes for 20% off of your purchase from Wands. Again, my favorite is the cervix wand. It is trademarked and it is amazing. Take it from me. Check it all out and the reviews on wands.com. That's W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And use my link in the show notes for 20% off. So, so I brought up the religious wounding because last year was the healing, the sexuality. This year was healing the religious wounding. Also that youth pastor passed away and I had to attend his funeral. 
Wow. And it was really fucking rough because I had to not only deal with the father wound of I'm losing him, but also the realization that I lost him a long time ago because I left the church. And so there was this feeling wow. of, of yeah. wow. questioning the Bible. Did you know he was ill or going to pass? Oh, no, no, no. It was a car accident. It was a Holy yeah. shit. And that came in your year of religious healing? Yeah, three months in. <sighs> and he was a wonderful man. Wonderful man. The, I mean, I recorded a solo cast about it, about just how amazing he was. Um, but, you know, and he, he had changed a lot since back then. But um, it last year, it was the sexual healing. This year, it was the religious healing. And what really, it felt really important that that happened that way. Because what happened was I healed the sexual wounds. Um all of the trauma and my sex, I felt, I felt like a sexual being. I felt connected to my pleasure. I felt connected to my yoni. I wasn't, I wasn't like fragmented. And then the second year with the religious wound healing, um, it became holy. It was going to be holy again, you know, and, and which is how it was always meant to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it's birthday month. And I'm hearing that next year, my wound that I will be healing is my provision wound, mm-hmm. which feels like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> like, provision, don't touch my money, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and it might be beautiful. It might be that, like, so much money comes, mm-hmm. and that's how I heal my provision wound. Who knows? Well, you then know? you then you might go into this worthiness thing. You know, right. maybe so much comes in that you sort of suddenly am, like, in that feeling like, am I worthy, you know? Because that's what happens every time in relationship too. Like, oh, wow, I manifested this guy. I wrote the 18 things and here he is. He's mine. I manifested him. I, I made this. But then it's like, once you go through that part, then you're like, you almost start to sabotage it because you, you, you haven't like convinced yourself that you're worthy of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another thing. Like, exactly, exactly. With that partner, again, he was amazing, fucking amazing. First man that didn't, the first time in my, I'm turning 38 this month that I had experienced a man not treating me as a human masturbation tool that like cared about me experiencing pleasure and so good to my kids. Um, but all of my partners before that were so violent and so toxic and so, um, controlling and abusive and, after I left my previous relationship with my kid's dad, I did a nine month celibacy and I did ayahuasca every single month for nine months. And I got really clear on what I wanted. And it was just those 18 traits. And that guy was those 18 traits mm-hmm. to a T. Um, but leaving a re- an abusive relationship, like those 18 traits were like so important for me because for me it was just safety. Like someone who's calm, someone mm-hmm. who wouldn't, abuse me, you know? And now that I've experienced a safe relationship where for three years, no, like no one abused me. No one called me a name. Now that's my standard. Yeah. And so now my list is fucking three pages long (laughs) and it sounds like an erotic fantasy novel, but, um, (laughs) yeah, now that's my standard. And when I, when I say this metaphor, I'm not speaking of humans because I would never speak of humans this way. I'm speaking of the health of a relationship, but when you've been in a basement, for so long, like when it comes to the health of a relationship, when you then go to the first floor, you think you're in the fucking penthouse because you think like, oh my God, well, I like, I've never been taken care of when I was sick. I've never been cooked a meal. I've you've never had a guy do the dishes, you know? Yeah. And so you think you're in the fucking penthouse. And then all of a sudden, after you've been in that, like in that, that healthy version of a relationship and for a while, you're like, you know, but I also want to be celebrated. Yeah, I you're also like, this want is the fucking accepted. bare minimum. Like, yeah. And like, so, yes. Yeah. And so like you, you it kind of, <clears throat> I feel like it comes in levels. And so, mm-hmm. but you're not working with the penthouse anymore to where like, that's your standard, you know? So I absolutely agree. Yes, yeah. it really does. You suddenly experience that. And then you get wise to like, wait, this is just, this is just the way people should act to each other. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> right. the breakup, but you know, breakups or uncouplings are so fucking hard. You no prefer that what. term? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, Breakup's not the most appealing word. No. Mm-mm. And uncoupling sounds um, so much more like what this is too, because we have held each other while weeping and yeah. saying, I love you so much. 
but we know we're not aligned. We know we're not compatible. And we're like with everything we wish we could be, but this is what's true. And we have to do what's true. Wow. And, um, but we're like holding each other and crying during it. Yeah. But, um, even though it's so hard, like there is so much to celebrate in that, that like there's a new standard and patterns have been broken. Mm -hmm. And now like, I'm not even available. Like I'm never going to go back to that basement. I know what a first floor feels like, you know? (laughs) So like, what what does a fifth floor feel like? You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up because it, it, there is so much to celebrate in an uncoupling, even though they're so hard. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to celebrate. I mean, a lot of growth and a lot of getting to that first floor. Yeah. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. It's all perspective, mm-hmm. you know, all about our perspective. And um, I think that I was willing, even in my uh, un- two big uncouplings, I think that I was willing to see it and they weren't. Mm. And, or at least try to to reframe it. But I don't know. That can be a, a flaw as yeah. well, I think, too, yeah. sometimes. So, um, and you know what? It's probably fed your practice so much, too with the way that you're going to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, um, my pleasure practice saved me through this pain of an uncoupling. Cause every, every time, cause you're, when you're, when you just had an orgasm, like you're, you're hearing pretty clearly, like you're not on that, like, Oh, but what if like when you just had an orgasm, like you're connected to your highest fucking truth. Yeah. And every, you know, I would be feeling so down and then I would do my pleasure practice, which isn't just an orgasm. There's so much in there. Um, that's connecting to my, to my guides, to my higher self and getting really, really clear of, of my own truth. And every single time I would connect to my pleasure, it would, it it would just stay the same. Choose yourself, like choose yourself. Do you think that, did your pleasure practice, um, wane at all when you were in a couple? Uh, when I, when I was in the partnership? Yeah. No, 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 uh, uh, my Mine pleasure has. practice does not, Mine um, has. it's an, it's, it's been an has. everyday thing for about a year and a half. Yeah. 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 Cause I think I got the cervix one after mm-hmm. our episode from once. This thing? <laughs> you brought it. <laughs> Do I need to go get mine so they can like command magic Chimes. together? <laughs> it's right there in the other room. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if we were going to talk about cervix. Cervical let's do armoring. So let's, let's talk about it because I do an ad for wands on this show nice, and I talk about that too. specifically. So yeah. there's 20% off in the show notes for you guys. But, um, yeah, that's been a really great tool, a yeah. really fantastic my tool. favorite wand. Mine um, too. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, like, so if you're watching, you can well, see that's it. why I said like my mm-hmm. pleasure wand is not just me orgasming. Like it's a freaking release. It's an energetic, mm-hmm. it's an emotional release. Mm-hmm. And so when this touches my cervix, the reason why it's curved is because you can turn it. And I like to go, I mean, you can in- use your intuition, but like 12, three, six, nine, mm-hmm. where, you know, wherever you feel like it's supposed to stop. And then on that point when it's, I will sound. So I'll like tap into my body. What do I feel here? And then I'll sound it. And then that, that becomes a release for me, an energetic or an emotional release, or sometimes an ancestral release. I don't even know what's releasing. There's like a different yeah. sound coming out of me, but it's, I mean, um, that's a huge part of my pleasure practices is actually connecting to the cervix. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, do you always carry that with you or is it because no, you're leaving I, for a trip? No. <laughs> um, or did you just I, bring it for the episode? Yeah, I think my smaller one for trips. But no, I brought it because I didn't know if we were going to talk about cervical I'm glad. I'm and glad. And then because I also went to, I put all my intentions in it. Yeah. Because I was looking at properties today to lease. Oh. And then I put all my intentions into it. And then, um, you know, some Yoni magic. And I then I, love and then I took it to the property. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I love you so much. I always get these things because I hadn't heard about when you were on before, you talked about, you know, like taking a little, and, and which is called vabbing, apparently. Mm, Did you know? That, There's no. a term. Yeah. When you, after you have the orgasm, like taking your own yeah. wetness uh-huh. and, you know, dabbing it on the way yeah. you did. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's a whole thing that I talked about. That you did talk time. about yeah. that. Yes. Everyone go listen to that episode. It was great for me. And so I, I think that was why I ended up getting that one. And it's been so interesting to me too, because that de-armoring is real. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that there were, that I wasn't having sensations that I should have, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like I just feel so much more throughout 
every part mm-hmm. of my pleasure practice. Yeah, and yeah. it comes in layers because after you do that work with yourself and your wand, if you're in partnership, you do it with your partner. And For sure. His cock. Yeah. And you'll realize that it's almost like starting all the way over. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it had, it's been very enlightening for me. So, and I, I'm, I, but with a partner, I'm not as diligent about my pleasure practice Mm -hmm. and I let it slide a little bit. And I've noticed, I've just noticed that. And I'd Mm -hmm. like to get in a better, you know, but then again, we go through ups and downs sometimes. And so I think giving myself grace around that is a good thing. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, for me, it's just a non-negotiable because I know what happens when I'm not in it and when I'm not, when I'm not doing it regularly because, um, which is what, well, for me, when I'm in it regularly, yeah, I mean, it's my meditation practice, right? So for people who meditate daily, they can, they feel they've gone a week without meditating. Oh, you know, you're a little bit edgier. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. my pleasure practices, my orgasms are how I meditate. It is the pleasure. It is the feminine way, the divine feminine way of meditating. And I mean, that's, that's ancient. And Mm -hmm. so for me going a couple of days without it, I can feel my energy shift. I also am not as creative. I mean, our creativity is connected to our genitals. And so I'm not as creative. Um, I just don't feel that like that, um, you know, it's the same, I guess, as like working out, like you can feel when you like, mm-hmm. man, fuck, I have, I've been missing the gym too long. Like mm-hmm. I can feel it. I, that's how, how synced I am to my pleasure practices. And I also, it sounds silly, but like, it feels like I'm fasting from food when I, like, I basically eat orgasms for breakfast, like, cause they're my morning <laughs> practice. Right. And so like, if I, I'm just now realizing that I haven't had, <laughs> I orgasm today, but I haven't had a bite of food. I just realized <laughs> you literally do. And it's like two o'clock. <laughs> uh, okay. So it, it does, it feels almost more important than food. I got that in. I didn't eat. Um, yeah, it feels like, to and me. you didn't put snacks in your purse. Yeah, you put that in no your purse. <laughs> It is. Oh, it's silly. Um, yeah. I mean, it feels like I'm fasting from food when I, when I don't do it in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. there's just a completely different feeling energetically for me. Um, and I think it's just, it's so much a part of my work. It's a part of my embodiment of what I teach. Like I am a pleasure activist. I teach women how to connect to their pleasure in a spiritual and sacred way. And the three flavors of like my work and what people feel when they come to me are, like orgasmic, like pleasurable, um, like deeply, deeply spiritual that it's not, it's, this is not an out of body experience. Like this is in the body connecting to spirit and fucking bravery because it is brave to do this work and see what comes up. It's brave to talk about this. Yes, it is. And so like those three things, um, are like really strong flavors in working with me and, and, and just in what I embody. And it feels like for me, um, someone who is teaching how to eat healthy, but yet they're eating bonbons. Like that's how it would feel for me to like not have my ritual pleasure practice every single day yeah. while I am like, this is my Dharma to teach to people. You yeah, know? for sure. And you know yeah. what? That's one of the things that I'm teaching in this course that I put together. It's like one of my tenets. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about that today. And I was like, this is a, gr- as I'm, as I'm making this course, I've already laid it all out, but I was like, oh, I get the opportunity to dive right back into all these things. And especially that one. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this mm-hmm. from a practical perspective, because people might be listening and be like, there's no way I could do that every day. Cause I have kids. Mm-hmm. You have two kids, six and seven. And so how do you do that with them running around the house? Because I, have, I don't yeah. get comfortable in that, like with my kids around. Yeah. I have a lot of compassion for that because as a single mom before my kids were in school, yeah, for sure. I mean like, yeah. And it just like, for me, I had to do what I had to do. So like I would, I mean, my pleasure practice only takes me 15 minutes. Sure. Like I'm not in there. Me too. It's quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's like with the breath work, that's with everything. Um, that's good. That's really quick. Yeah. And so for me, it's not that hard to get them distracted for 15 minutes, whether Mm -hmm. it's okay, we're doing this like coloring project or here's some Play-Doh or an episode of Daniel Tiger. I don't do a ton of screen time, but like here's an episode mm-hmm. of Daniel Tiger, whatever it takes. 
because that is that I've got, we have got to prioritize ourselves, you know? And so like, do you say like mommy's going to go have her? I, I tell them I'm meditating. Medita- oh, they nice. meditate too. So okay. they also, because they're like really old, old souls, like really spiritual kids and they have their own altars and they meditate every single day. And we dance in the mornings and put our intentions into the earth, all that stuff. They actually respect it mm-hmm. because they're like, Oh, like mommy's meditating. She's connecting to spirit. Yeah. Like my kids do too. Don't my interrupt do that. Too. You know? Yeah. I yeah. think that, um, it's just, um, One day afraid I'm they're going to come too. barging in, you know, like, or something like that. Cause yeah. I don't, yeah. But, um, I mean, they do I, I'm very fortunate now that they're in Montessori. Mm-hmm. They're also at their dad's sometimes. And yeah. so like, it's not that hard for me anymore, but I do have compassion for those who like, cause I remember, I remember like struggling to find time to fucking brush my teeth, yes. you know? So mm-hmm. I totally get it. And it just, it, there, it just takes a lot more intention in that setting. Yeah. And dedication. Yeah. You've just got to say like, no, I'm going to do this and I'm yeah. going to figure out a way. And it's, yeah. it literally, it can be very quick. Yeah. So I like that you touched on how long that takes because that's important. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take long. No. That's yeah. one of the things I talk about is like all, all this stuff just takes like doing it rather than like worrying about, you know, making it so big. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of actually doing it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know? And ordering the wand and yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that. But you could probably do it without. I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, you can. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. can. Yeah, when I'm on my bleed, I I uh, use an energetic wand. So. What does that mean? Like I, I energetically have a wand within. Oh. Like I don't use the actual glass wand. Huh. I like give myself a little break there. And So you kind yeah. of just Im- imagine one like as mm-hmm. an energy? Yeah, and it's really powerful. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then I like. Did even, you come up with that yourself or? I don't know. I mean, it just. I think it just happened. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then, you know, I'm trained in jade egg practices and um, uh-huh. jade egg weightlifting and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And I do the same thing on my bleed. I'll, I'll have a energetic egg. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you use that? Like the real one? Uh, you know, I just... My, Sorry, I shouldn't say real. Oh, the, the egg? Or? The non-energetic one. The m- one made of matter. The jade egg? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just kind of alternate, like I have on my altar, I have the, um, C wand, the cervical wand and the jade egg. And every time I lay down, I just, I know what, what I meant to work with that day. Yeah. I do. The jade egg has some really special, like you're going to do some deep work if you're doing the jade egg. So it depends on time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I will say the jade egg is like really toning for the face too. Like there's just so many benefits. There's like, it's the best cosmetic, you know? So, um, (laughs) Yeah. So it just, I can feel each day I can feel, um, like what my Yoni, I guess is asking for. And yeah. I just go with that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I'm glad you share all that too. Cause, um, I haven't had anybody else to really talk about it with that's yeah. really in an in-depth practice in it, even yeah. though, but I know you com- completed that Veda training and I'm sure that there was an emphasis on that. Right. I mean, like on a lot of practices like this, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was a lot, and um, and we, you choose different majors, and so one of mine was jade egg as well. So, oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, women's sexuality and jade egg, and is oh. what I chose, and then I'll also study tantric sex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of tantric sex, you went to a, t- a nude, an all nude tantric retreat. Mm-hmm. That was through the same program. Oh, okay. It was optional, but yeah, that was the best seven days of my 37 years. Seven so. days. Yeah. If you want to hear the, ex- the best like, seven days of your 37, 37 years, okay. if you want to hear the whole layout, I yeah. recorded a solo cast on it. It's only like 20 minutes. Um, but that was one of the most intimate. Um, I mean, <clears throat> we, we had, uh, so you would highly recommend this. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you can tell I'm kind of like, it's unsayable. Um, but yeah, we did JDEG practices every morning. Um, we did Yoni worship. We did just so much. And it was, I mean, it was like a never be the same. How many week. people were there? 80. And were you all together when you were doing mm-hmm. these? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and it's magnified <laughs> when you're in a collective and you're like, you're in, you're collaborating like that. Like the energy is really magnified and it feels really ceremonial. Wow. So yeah. do you have to be in the program to do that? To do the retreat? Yes. Yeah. And it's very important that it it's held six months into the program because that's what makes it such a safe container. Yeah. Um, in my program, uh, my program is a three month container and we will end with an optional retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's, I'm placing it at the end for a reason. It's because we've 
at that point, we've journeyed through the underworld. We've looked at our shadows. We've done the inner work mm-hmm. and the container becomes so much more safe than had you done it, you know, with people who haven't done any of the training. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I have a women's group here locally where we get together on the full moons and do sex magic together. And I, for, it feels like, why would I not do that? It doesn't even make sense. Like I'm supposed to be doing this. It's just, it's what it feels. Can I it, come? Yeah. I want to come. So yeah, I'll, uh, we'll come, is I'll, it, I'll, do you have to be vetted first or something? Uh, I'll get not I'll necessarily. Get okay. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay, I can do it. I vet you. <laughs> you vet me. Yeah. You vet me. Yeah. Well, what do you, I think you know, someone else talked about this. You haven't, you didn't tell me about this. So you have, did you put this full moon group together? Uh, me and a close girlfriend that has also done the Vita program. Yeah. And what, oh, cool. Yeah. And what do y'all do? So, um, anytime, so sex magic is, you know, honestly, like anything is a ritual when you bring intention to it. Yes. So 100%. what's really important is that this we're, podcast we're re- is a ritual. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh yeah, we're in ritual space. We and are so, ceremony. Um, we bring so much intention and, um, we have really, really clean, uh, energetic boundaries, really a really clean container. Um, but yeah, I mean, what it would really look like is like stating your intention, mm-hmm. what you're calling in, what you're manifesting. And we kind of all hold that together as we, um, you know, work with the five senses, like I spoke of mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and, uh, when it gets to the crown, like we move this through our microcosmic orbit, when it gets to the crown, then that's when you'll, um, you know, have one big massive orgasm as a group, send it out into the cosmos, and then you'll bring it back down into the body. Wow. Yeah. That pushes my comfort zone just a bit. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I want I to. thought it would me too. And mm-hmm. then when I did it, I mean, when I was like, wait, we're doing breast massages on each other? We're doing what? Like at the retreat, oh my God, when I did it, it was the most natural thing I'd ever done. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. And the breast massage woman's like one of my best friends now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is very interesting. Yeah. You always say things though that I'm like, huh. It's, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, so, okay. You mentioned your retreat and mm-hmm. I, I want to keep an eye on time and stay conscious because I know we have a stop today. So let's talk a little bit about your program that's coming up, how that's felt to you, what's inspired that and you know, what, what people could expect mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. So the program that I did was a 650 hour training, year long training, a little bit over a year. It's really fucking intense. It's also like $12,000. Yes. But my um, friend Bijou, Mushroom yeah. Mamacita, shout out to her. She's going to be on after the start of the year. Yeah. She did it too. And so I got kind of a, yeah, an, a more of an inside look. I do have like. a promo code though. For anyone that does want to sign up, reach out to me on Instagram. I can set you up with a promo code. Um, that'll, that'll help a little bit. So anyhow, uh, that program, was one of the most, I mean, it was, I knew the moment I paid, like, this is, this is it. Like life's never going to be the same. There's Mm -hmm. no going back. (laughs) So, um, however, signing up for that and doing that, like you're actually becoming a certified love, sex and relationship coach. Like you are having to turn in like, I don't know, like a hundred hours of recorded coaching sessions with Mm -hmm. peers. Like it's, it's intense. So the program that, yes, I did one with her. Yeah, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. So the program that I have for for three months, it's kind of like a very similar experience, without the um, cert, of course, without the certification, without the like you're not having any graduation requirements. You're not getting trained in majors, mm-hmm. but you're experiencing um, kind of what I experienced when it came to the sexual healing, the rewriting of the narrative. So I mean, I can um, I can kind of say too. I have the modules here. Oh, great! Yes, please. Yeah, so it's a three month thing. So the first month will be, you know, of course the orientation and this like commitment to radical self-love because the thing that I love about Tantra and really what all therapeutic processes should use is that if you're coming to this work from a place of something's wrong with me, I can't orgasm, it's not going to fucking work because you're coming from a place of self-loathing. But if you're coming to this work with I am doing this because I love myself and I deserve this pleasure and I am worthy of this pleasure. And, and you're coming to this work with a, a, um, radical self-love. That's when transformation happens because if you do it from the other, you might get some, you might get some growth spurts, 
But like that self-loathing is going to bring you back down and you're not going to actually have the quantum leaps that you would have if you were coming from a place of self-love. So the first thing that we work on is committing to radical self-love and, and really, really like working with that. We have like a whole call just on radical self-love. And then we work with really getting into the psyche and finding out what our sexual narratives are already. So um, we work with like what are you know, what were we programmed to think around sexuality? Mm-hmm. What, what was passed down to us? whether it was through our parents or religion or media. So really getting into our psyche of what are my stories around my sexuality and then rewriting it. And there's a whole process for that that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And then, of course, like we have to know anatomy. So I'm going to be teaching women's anatomy. Um, And, (laughs) you you know, it's a Zoom call. So you're on Mm -hmm. your own. Like you can turn video off. But like that's going to be a really intimate experience where – like a lot of women don't know their actual anatomy. It's freaking crazy. And the terms for them, if you like break them down and what they mean, like, of course we fucking feel genitalia shame, you know? Like, yeah. so just talking about that, like how we've been programmed. <laughs> like what exactly? Like what would that be? Like outer lip and inner lip, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's labia minora, labia uh, majora, majora, right? Mm-hmm. That make, means that the outer lips are supposed to be bigger than the inner lips, which is not the case for most women. Yeah. And so when we're taught that anatomy... Of course, at 12 years old, we're like, oh, well, fuck. Like, I'm backwards. Yeah. You know, something happened. Um, I even had, <laughs> I mean, my, I have, my um, inner lips are way bigger than my outer lips. Mm-hmm. And I remember around, like, 13 years old, an aunt being like, Did, was someone rough with you? And so, like, just little things like that where, like, then, of course, when I'm 30 years old, I'm looking into surgery because I think something's wrong with me. Yeah. And, and uh, thank God I didn't have it. And now, oh my, I never thought I'd look in the mirror and be like, you are fucking beautiful. Like, I love my breasts. I love my yoni. Exactly how she is. Like, so beautiful. C-section scar and everything. (laughs) I never thought that I would get there. So Mm -hmm. that call is all around that. And then what, what is holistic sexuality? So like mind, body, spirit, sexuality. Okay. So that's really, really important. And then, um, yeah. And then of course, in the second month, it's going to be all family dynamics. So healing our inner child, like really going into the inner child and finding out what her sexual wounds are. And also finding out if she's running the show in our sexuality, because it's very likely not only is that wildly inappropriate, but like, we're not going to sexually thrive if our eight year old's running the show sexually, if that's who shows up in the bedroom with our partner, that our eight inner eight year old that feels shame or that feels abandoned, we're not going to have thriving sex. We're not going to have a thriving sexuality with our partner. So really going into, um, all everything that it involves our inner child. What does that mean? Like if your eight year old self shows up in the bedroom, like, so if our inner child, um, is still trying to protect us mm-hmm. from being shamed or feeling shame from being abandoned, mm-hmm. then in any time that there's danger of that happening. They're going to show up. So you, you can think like in communication is probably more applicable for people. Like Mm -hmm. when your partner says something that just all of a sudden you're triggered, you can feel when your inner child takes over and you're not in your wise woman. You can feel when your inner child is like, like, wow, that was not emotional intelligence. Like that was not emotionally mature. That was really reactive of me and not responsive. It's very likely that our inner child is running the show in our communication and our, and our conflict. If that's what is like, it's almost like, fuck, like, I don't even, I didn't even, I don't even know where I went wrong. It's because like we're, our inner child still holds the key there. So Mm -hmm. in this process, we're really looking at that, not just in our sexuality, but in our relational intimacy in all ways. And setting some really loving boundaries with the inner child and kind of taking that key and handing it, handing it to our like inner queen, our empowered Mm -hmm. part. Um, what it would look like sexually is like fearing being shamed if we're in our full expression, if we let our wild animal out. Yeah. Yeah. um, I can understand that. Yeah. Not being able to make eye contact, like whatever it is that's showing up in your sexuality that you know is not like your thriving version of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so inner child first, and then we'll work through um, father and mother wounds and like what was passed down to us from each, our father and our mother. And, uh, and then really connecting to our own inner father or inner masculine and mm-hmm. our own inner mother or inner um, feminine. I'm also going to hold a 
um, one of these mod modules, Healing the Father Wound, I'm going to hold a free masterclass in January, and it'll basically be you being able to experience one of the modules. It'll be a little compressed, um, and it will be co-ed, so it's going to be completely different, but it'll be a taste yeah. of what it's like to heal um, a family dynamic wound. And then um, working with safety, love, and belonging, because those are like the three pillars of being able to sexually thrive, right, with a mm -hmm. partner, safe, safety, love, and belonging. And then we're going to work with um, what I talked about with the cervical wand, being able to re release trauma in the body through pleasure. Um, awesome. And that's really, like, that's really, really powerful. Um, and also being able to integrate trauma in a pleasurable way. Like I thought for so long that my trauma integration had to rip me open because my trauma did. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Trauma integration can be pleasurable mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to rip you open like that. Um, and then cervical de-armoring will go hand in mm -hmm. hand with that. And then we'll work with, um, I'll teach how to use the JDEG, different ways mm -hmm. to use the JDEG. Um, you can, you can do so many things with the JDEG, but like we'll, we'll all have, you know, different options. And then, um, ovarian breath work. So using the JDEG with ovarian breath work, ovarian breath work is like, if you were to, um, there's a book called Dal Dantric, Dal Tantric Arts. It's always okay. a hard thing for me to read. Dal Tantric Arts, I think is the full title. And then Cultivating Female Sexuality. There's two different books. Okay. Those, the, both of those are like kind of manuals on what you can do with the JDEG and, and what um, ovarian breath work can do. But ovarian breath work is basically your, it's like your youthful life force energy that you can like send to any organ in your body that again is like the best cosmetic. It's like, it is your... I need to know more about that. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. there'll be a whole module on that. Cool. And then just pleasure being your power and nourishment through energetic orgasms. So mm -hmm. kind of what we were already talking about earlier, mm -hmm. like how important that is as a daily practice or uh, as much as you can fit it in. And then wealth consciousness and sex magic for manifestation. Doesn't have to be wealth consciousness only, but like manifesting sacred union, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Again, not from a place of manipulation or gimme gimme because the inner child's not running the show at this point anymore. It's not the gimme gimme. It's the like, this is not outside me. I just need to let my nervous system know that it can hold this. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so, so much more that can be said there. Yeah. And then the last one will be connecting to your primal sexuality and archetypal embodiment. So like, mm -hmm. how do you want to go back out into the world now that this program is closing? And, and then, carrying all this with you. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Or and then on. we'll end with an optional three-day in-person immersion, which will likely be around this area. Yeah. Um, and that will be like, at this point, you're going to have a pretty strong sisterhood with these mm -hmm. women in the program. So that's not only going to be like a really bonding experience in that form, but it's also going to be, um, I mean, initiation after initiation, it's going to be really powerful. And, awesome. and, uh, yeah, a bunch of tantric rituals that are just, you know, have been, they're ancient. So really experiencing cool. that and yeah. Cool. Yeah. Even though they're ancient, do they feel really natural to you or? Yeah. I mean, because they're ancient, they mm -hmm. feel so natural because it feels like, oh, I've been fucking doing this all along. Mm -hmm. This is not my first, like the first time I did some of this stuff, it was like riding a bicycle. Like my body already knew, you know, because yeah. it is so, it is so primal. How do you balance or feel, feel balanced about, you know, this idea of radical self-love and that I'm perfect exactly as I am. But then this view of yourself as though I have these wounds that I'm going to heal, like even looking ahead to next year and going, Oh, I wonder what wound I'm going to hear heal rather than being mm -hmm. like, do I have wounds to heal? Like, you know, seeing yourself as someone with wounds to heal versus like, I am healed. Yeah. I don't know. Or I am perfect the way I am. Like, how does that look to you? Yeah. Well, the, the part about the healing, I come to it with a, from a place of celebration mm -hmm. because it's my greatest honor to do this work. Like it's my mm. greatest honor to heal these wounds for my children, especially. And so yeah. it's not, it's not like this, like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Like what else? Like I need to heal something else. Like give it to me. Like, what do you want me to heal now? Because who I am is not good enough. I have, have to have something else to focus on. Like it's not coming from that place. It's coming from this place of like, I'm committed. I'm committed to being the best, like to showing up as my original essence. And so my original essence is 
the one without all the programming, the one without all the shame. And so this isn't like I'm becoming my best self and she's out there because I'm already that, but it's about becoming my original essence of like who, who I came into this world to be without all the programming that has happened and all the shame that is happening and all the abuse. And through that, it feels more, like more of a dance. It feels like more of like every time I dance, like that conditioning is shaking mm-hmm. off. And so it, for me, I do, probably like almost more of a reclamation than a healing. Really. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a rewilding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a reclamation. Yeah. And so again, it comes down to like the tantric viewpoint of like, I'm not doing this cause I'm broken. I'm not doing this because there's something wrong with me. I'm doing this because I love myself and I, I'm doing this for the, like the women that like need me in the future, Mm -hmm. you know, like I do it for that purpose and not because I'm not good enough. Like there's no, like, there's, there's no, like, like I need to do this in order to be good enough for something like, no. Yeah. It's, it's because I love myself and I want what's best for myself. And I know that healing my wounds, healing my inner child is going to allow my inner queen to really like be on the front line, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I love myself enough to do that. And I love my, my inner child enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And I love my inner queen enough to do that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that answer? That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like, that's exactly it. Like I wanted you to put that into words because I sensed that that's how you're feeling, but I couldn't have said it that well. No, that's, that's exactly what I was hoping to hear too. Cause I think that's so inspiring for people. When they're yeah. like, why do I want to do this work? I don't want to see myself as broken. So how do I view it in that way? How do I, mm-hmm. how do I get my head right around why, my why, yeah. you know? And I think that's so important to like get right in your why when you enter a program like this. So you know that, I mean, of course it is about that radical self-love, but it's really getting into that state of mind of why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. And why you felt called when people ask me why too, it's like, there's part of me that's like, well, there were no priestesses when I was a young girl and, and I have to show up for our younger generations. Yeah. There's part of me that's like, I have to break these <laughs> generational curses for my children. I have to. And the only way I can do that is if I do the fucking work, yeah. you know? And so there's all these whys, but really what it comes down to is like, I don't, it really feels like this is just what I am supposed, like, I can't not, I can't (laughs) not, like, I I don't know how to live not Mm -hmm. doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can't even comprehend, like, what it would be like. I mean, I fantasize sometimes about it, (laughs) but like, I can't not because, and ultimately it's because this is what my soul signed up for. And so if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, fuck, (laughs) I'm feeling the nudge. It's likely because your soul signed up for this work, you know? And That's right. It's going to keep, it's going to keep nudging you. Yeah. And yeah. even if it's difficult or challenging, maybe mm-hmm. is a better word. It's those spaces where you can't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me, always. It's, yeah. those are my points of growth. And I'm like, <sighs> all right. And it's like the ending of the, the couple, the couplings, like the uncouplings. It's like, you can't not. Right. Because it's what's true. And that's what this work feels like for me. It's like, I can't not do it because it's what's true for me. Like, there's no other way. <laughs> like, everything else would be a lie for me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I know. Sometimes I, I fantasize about it, too. I know what you mean. I'll entertain yeah. this idea. And I'm like, oh, everything just feels hard. And then I'm like, well, I'll just quit it all. Then I'll just go get a job and, I don't know, live a quiet life. And then I'm like, what am I but really can you cannot really do that, you know, and I'll imagine yeah. it for a little while, but and you know what that's it not wouldn't what I'm able work. to do you know not why? What I'm called right <laughs> it, it it wouldn't work anyways because like what do you think that that life would get you? I don't know, nothing like I think when I fantasize about it, I think that that life would get me ease, quietness, like I stability guess, yeah. like I think all these things like. I'm just going to give it all up because like that sounds easier or whatever. Yeah. But if, if like we're programmed to like make something a certain way, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to turn that life into that. (laughs) 
So you're not actually going right. to get what you want by quitting. You know? You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> I know me. That's right. Exactly. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> like you, when you were saying, I, that's me. Sounds like me. Yeah. Well, we are at the end of our time and I want to be respectful of your time. And I just am so grateful that you showed up and, yeah. and showed up. And like, I love talking to you. You're so open. And I find that very inspiring because I I love being more open mm-hmm. and finding those spaces that we can talk about. So yeah. congratulations on your completion of VEDA. Congratulations on launching this course with the retreat. I'm very excited for you. And I know it's going to provide so much for so many people. Thank so you. I'm very happy for you. And I'm so glad we could talk about it. And if people want to discount there's one of my affiliates too. And so they can just click through and put Amy Edwards in and get a discount on your, on your program, which is amazing. So what would you like to leave with? If anything, it's okay if there's nothing too, Mm. but if there's, if there's any message that comes through right now that you would like to leave everyone with, I just invite you to share it. Yeah. The thing that just keeps coming up is that your pleasure is your power. And um, that doesn't have to actually be a pleasure practice. It's whatever brings you, brings you pleasure. Like mm-hmm. there's so much power in a pleasurable woman. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's incredible. Well, you are just glowing mm-hmm. and it's very beautiful to witness. So thank you so much. And uh, let's share how everyone can find you and sign up and learn more about everything that you're offering and follow you. Yeah. So I have a newsletter called Pleasurable Ponderings and or pleasure pondering sorry pleasure ponderings and then i have a free masterclass coming up january 25th uh recording will be available and then i have the women's program that's starting on february 22nd early Mm -hmm. bird um price does end on the 28th of january so um all of that you can access on my website jade-bryce.com you can also sign up for one-on-one coaching there I have a couple of different coaching programs on there. And then my podcast is called Untamed and Unashamed. It's also the name of my women's program and my upcoming book. And then uh, my Instagram, yeah, no point in Facebook. My Instagram (laughs) is at the Jade Bryce. Yes. And all those links are in the show notes. So everyone can just click through to find out all that they want to know. So thank you so much, Jade. I love you so much. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's fun. We'll have to do this every late in every year and have a conversation. So we'll see what the next healing is going to (laughs) be. You know what? Maybe it's going to be something so easy. I I know. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe that's what the provision one is. Maybe it's healing because you're just like rolling in abundance internally and externally. I am available for it. Same, 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 same. So thank you so much. And everyone go follow Jade and check out her newsletter. I'm not signed up for your newsletter, so I'm going to as well. So yeah, you know, support those people that you're interested in and that you love so much and, um, and it feels good. And that's, that comes back to you. Absolutely. I'm a believer in, in supporting all the people and all the voices that I love to hear from and learning more. So that's why you're here, right? So thank you so much for being here. And thank you, Jade. And I invite you too to join my newsletter at amyedwards.com. And of course, my courses are out now, Ageless Mindset and the Youthfulness Hack. And about all about reverse aging, which we touched on today, reversing aging, creating a new radiant you. So in in with no added expense because it is all within you, just like we were talking about today. So, um, I love you so much. I'm so grateful. Rate, review, subscribe, um, share it with a friend too. If there's anything, if you're, if you're ready to start a full moon, uh, you know, pleasure, uh, up-leveling group, (laughs) then (laughs) if you feel inspired, great, share this with a friend, start one, let us know about it. We want to know. And so I, I will follow up and let you know how it goes when I finally join yeah. it with Jade's. Woo. Um, that should be very exciting. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much until next time. This has been the Amy Edwards show from overcome studios. Remember to rate review and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com. <laughs>